Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking, or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress. Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain podcast. Fluid perception of time. Our topic today on the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, bringing in the author of the book, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Fluid perception of time. Let's get right into it. Where does this get inspired by and from? And then we'll get into what this may mean, because this is one of those topics. We've had a few of these where just by the name of it alone, our audience, either who are hunter types or they know someone who's a hunter type, may not quite know how it fits and what it means. And so we'll kind of break it down to the definition of it. But where does this come from? What's the inspiration? Yeah, well, this actually came, uh, you know, I'd done a ton of research prior to writing the book uh, on adult ADD, obviously. But this was one of those ones where I was going back and going through some source material and I was reading, uh, Tom Hartman's healing ADD book, which came out quite a few years ago. Um, and, uh, it mentioned this, this topic of, of people with, uh, hunter types 
having the, the a fluid perception of time, meaning our our ability to perceive time is different than others and usually not accurate. Um, and there's pluses and minuses to it. But when I read that, I was like, ah, that's really interesting. And I've, I haven't, I never explored that. So, um, wanted to give him credit, you know, as we do with the hunter farmer theory being such a pivotal part of, of the work we do and discuss. So, um, and this is something that has been requested and we even mentioned it a little bit. Um, when we spoke with Tina, uh, if you go back and listen to the Tina uh, Hallow, um not Hallowell, um, I always forget her last name. Is it Harlow? Harlow, thank you. <clears throat> Harlow interview, she mentioned uh, the expression that my clock runs fast, and she knew that from a young age. So this is the topic we're going to explore. We're going to talk about how, you know, what is this uh, tendency? Uh, it's definitely common. It's common with all the, the uh clients that I work with when I do coaching and uh, what we can do about it. So let's, <clears throat> so it's been inspired from the Tom Hartman and, and his very topic named that, but I remember the feeling you and I got when Tina mentioned this. So let's start getting into kind of the definition and breaking it down because it was in that episode, definitely an episode worth revisiting if you're new to our, to our podcast. Um, the clock running fast. And I remember when, cause it was during the interview when you and I both first heard that I know my reaction. I remember we talked about it later. We were like, that's so good. That's like yeah. such a great fluid perception of time is very technical and very good, but just the yeah. imagery of your clock running fast. So let's break it down and I'll, and I'll give my viewpoint and then I want to hear yours. Yeah. You know, a clock running fast. <clears throat> we're obviously making a comparison here, right? You can't say something is, in other words, fast compared to what? And, and and we want to stay away from, we've tried to stay away from, well, this is how normal people's perception right. of time. We're not, we're not so much saying normal, but yeah. just recognizing that with this wiring, that there is something to this in, in how it, how it, so, but this is one of those things also with different hunter types, this, the, the range may be limited in how much this affects you. So let's start out with you, Michael. I'm curious for you, when you heard that term, yeah. When Tina mentioned my, how much did that resonate with you? Oh, well, this is, this is definitely, uh, you know, once I had pondered when it first popped into my radar and then hearing Tina's, uh, reflection of it, it's so clearly, uh, something I have, have had to deal with and, and especially within business had to really compensate for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and I would say even with the book, uh, and we'll I, we'll go into that, but I mean, there's there's pluses. For me, I think there's there's a lot of pluses to it. But um, I know for me that I go through, uh, and I can think, well, yeah, that happened like a month ago, and my fiance will go, no, 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 that was like five months ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think part of it is registering. I perceive time differently, and I think that's where most hunter types are. We move through space and time in a different way than other people. <laughs> uh, and so the one piece that I want to mention that I believe I mentioned in the book, but if I didn't, this it's an important point. So we talk about the hunter farmer theory and part of why that's so powerful is not about whether or not that's accurate scientifically or not, or genetically. It's about a mo a, a mental model that we can look at and go, yes, I can, I, I understand that and I can work with that. And if you think about going on the hunt, 
um, you're you're kind of going into like an altered time state. You're not having to track time. You, everything's is. really accelerated, and time is kind of this elastic thing that kind of moves back and forth. And you, so you go on this really intense experience, and then you go back, and there's rest. And so compare that to a farmer who actually has to, for sustenance, have a clear understanding of time and, and how long things take. And like, so that development of that part of the brain, if we want to go in that direction, um, it's more, there's more awareness of it. And so that there's a, if you take that metaphor, then hunter types have this challenge with perceiving linear time and we are not linear people. That's uh, it. It's so, the linear. That's yeah. what's the gold there. So for so for people listening, I just want to I want to break this down because in case you're processing this right now and like why is it do I kind of experience this? Think about it exactly like what Michael said. It's this linear thing that we don't have, and this goes linear perception, linear, ability to process things linearly. I guess is how I think of it. Yeah, this has to go back to Michael. I'm curious what you think. In in, in a way. This is how I think of it. When, when when Tina brought this up, it brought up a lot for me. I'm going to get into some examples of how this goes for me. You mentioned with you and your fiance. I'm going to bring up some things for how this applies to me. But I, I'm curious about your input on this, which is the way I see it is we mentioned over and over how if you had to go with a personality type or, or yeah, personality type, the artist type, the artist yeah. personality. Yeah. I feel like a creative, let's go one, just creative yeah. types who tend to, again, tend to, we found, we both are, we yeah. know lots of our fellow creatives who are hunter types. I feel like that's part of the floating thing, right? They're like, yeah. oh, you know, he's such an artist. He's just, he floats, you know, he's just a free spirit. That's, yeah. that's it right there. It, yeah. it, it's a double-edged sword. If you have this ability, if you're a creative type and you are in this create being create what does creative mean to me yeah. being a musician being an artist being a painter however you being an author however you describe being a creative personality type it means you're not on the ground it means yeah. you're kind of float you're in this other space no yeah. no drugs or alcohol needed i'm talking <laughs> yes. about just yeah. the creative side. when you get when to have this ability some of the geniuses we know in comedy in yeah. entertainment in That's music right. You are not. So if you're floating, are you on the ground where the rest of the farmer types are? Where if time is going by, imagine it's this train going by. You're not on that train, which is going (laughs) station by station, linear. Here's three o'clock. Here's four o'clock. You're not there because I've that's how it came together for me. What what do you think about that? Does that make sense? I think it does. And I I think this is, um, you know, this is why we have geared the podcast towards the artist community is that this is this is our tendency. And it's what gives us we are not necessarily especially in those times when we're really on the creative flow bound to linear time mm-hmm. i mean that is real and that is the gift and and there's a lot that there's prices to pay for that too exactly <laughs> like, and we want to go yeah. over that because this yeah. does present the challenges which is exactly why we're here but you just said it you just said it is it that's the gift why is that the gift it's the gift to sit down and go oh my gosh i just spent 11 hours painting something the musician who just goes for three days into the studio and comes up with a brilliant piece the composer goes 
That's the gift. But at the same time, there's a con. There's some, there's something that ha- comes out the other end of that if yeah. you go through life like that. And we want to go over wh- how this presents challenges and, of course, what to do to mitigate the cons of being this way, for terms of a better word. Before we get into the challenges, I want to yeah. give my examples. You gave yours. So sure. I found this both as um, – and I've mentioned this before. You don't notice these things being – single on your own kind of a free spirit (laughs) these things have come to fruition have come forth to me have shown up in my life as a father role and as the husband role so i definitely started noticing this as a husband but definitely as a father and let me give some examples toddlers get colds kids get colds everyone gets sick but for some reason in my floating world which i'm constantly working on this always happens with us when our three-year-old not, and I don't want to give the perception he gets sick all the time, but I'm saying every once in a while when he gets sick, which all kids do, especially when they go to school and they're exposed to other kids and germs, after two days in real time, in reality time, I literally will get like fed up and frustrated. And, oh, we got to call the doctor. And I'll get into that over anxious parenting neurotic mode because I'm a helicopter dad and I admit it and I'm working on it, but I am. And my wife's like, what's the big deal? It's only been like a day or two. I'm like, no, it's not. It's been a week. She's like, babe. It's only been, this is, and by the way, this is day two. The day is not over yet. He could get better by tonight. And I act like it's been a week. And I don't mean act as in pretend. Really, honestly, I start talking to her about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Today is Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Tuesday, yesterday was the first signs of the cold. She's like, yeah. I'm like, I could have sworn it was like last week. And she's like, no, it's Mm -hmm. not. Another way it comes up is... Um, this is the funny one. This is the one we joke about as a couple all the time is when it's my turn to put him down either for a nap or it's bedtime. Uh, I'll come out of the room sometimes flustered. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I was in there forever. It took forever to put him to bed. It's been like two hours. She's like, uh, it's been like 30, 40 minutes. (laughs) Again, (laughs) there's your clock running fast. To me, it's it really, I'm not pretending I'm not acting really in my perception I come out of there after he falls asleep. Last one I want to give. I'm curious if this will ring a bell for anybody. Vacations. This, again, I would have never noticed this on my own. Whenever we go away to a vacation. Now, this could be a vacation that I very much was on board for. I very much was looking forward to it. It's a great time. We've traveled. We're here. Always, she calls it my two-day alarm. After two days, I'll be like, well, maybe we can change the flight. Maybe it's time to call me. Maybe we should go. She's like, we've been here two, maybe three days. Like, and I swear, I always say, I really feel like we've been here a week or two. It just feels like I need to get back home. I get this anxiousness, this agita, like, oh my gosh, we've been away from home so long. And she's like, it's honey, it's only been two, three days. So there's my examples. Yes. Uh, see those. And that's perfect. Cause I, I think so many, and, and this is one of those pieces that, you know, when I do coaching, it's so clear now when I've asked, cause I've talked at length with, with people who, who are working on, you know, the depths of rewiring patterns. And this one's usually the shocker of like, Oh wow, geez, I do that all the time. <laughs> and yet, because you don't, I mean, it's clear you guys actually talk about it. Sometimes it's not as apparent, but it's really having an effect. So, I mean, so let's go into the mm-hmm. challenges. I mean, you kind of mentioned that. So there's definitely some some stronger challenges that go with this. One is just poor time management. 
uh, inability to like set something on the calendar and then go, okay, I'm going to do it or that I'm aware of how long things take. And if you're in business by your, for, for yourself, that's a big, big deal. I can tell you firsthand mm -hmm. that's something I've had to get a, a handle on because if you don't know how long something takes you to, to accomplish, and I'm talking even to the artists out there that get commissioned to do things, mm -hmm. uh, or in whatever form, you know, whatever you work, if you're an artist and you actually make a living doing it, you know exactly what I mean. Taking time, like understanding how long something will take is huge because it affects your ability to pay your bills and put food on the table. So there's that uh, over committing uh, because you're not aware of your, your limitations. You think, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then you actually look at the reality of how long you actually have. And you're like, oh, wow, I can't do that. And that's something I've had to work on a lot. So these are ones that are like very high on my list of things that I've had to, to really struggle with. Um, the other one is being late for appointments. That's, uh, that's a big one. And uh, that one can can definitely be overcome with some strategies we'll talk about later. That's it's it's even if you're chronic, I've noticed that that one can be worked on, but that's definitely a piece. And procrastination, which we've discussed in other forms, which is uh, you kind of get the adrenaline rush at the end uh, when you're like, okay, now I've got to do this thing. And it's usually something that's maybe a mundane task or something that's overwhelming to you, but then you just have to do it at the end and you get it done, but it's just burns you out. Mm -hmm. um, that's also relates to, I think, this perception of time, which is you're, you're moving towards something that you know you have to accomplish. And you think, oh, well, that's fine. It's like out in the future. And it's some, eh, it'll be fine. I'll right, get there. And then, and then you get right. into like, oh, shoot, that actually, I need X amount of hours to complete this. And, you know, then you scramble. So those are very real world stressful uh, situations that come from this part of our mechanism that, as we discussed before, can have big benefits. Right. And we're going to get into the benefits just a little more on this challenges. That's very interesting about how perceiving time like this leads to either procrastination or overcommitting or just, you know, not getting something done. It's again, I'm going back to that floating image of the artist. You know, if we're, we're used to floating and then it comes time for a project that doesn't involve creativity we're still perceiving time like that so we're like oh that deadline ah that's that's so so it's interesting right because it's kind of a weird inverse of of the examples we we've talked about so far where what's actually in reality two days seemed like a week or two for when you perceive time like this now the other way the deadline's actually closer than in reality but you for some reason think it's far away it's way down there and it's not, so you don't do the things you need to to meet that because for some reason to you, the date, you know, it's it you don't perceive dates as dates. You just feel it's a feeling. You're going more I feel like we go more with our feeling. Oh, I feel like the twenty fifth is far away. We go more with the feeling than actually a farmer type who looks on the calendar, sees that the twenty fifth is five days away. It's not that long from now. Get going on the project. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. That's it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, these are the, the, there's the, the pluses and minuses of being a hunter type, the creativity and the being outside the box mm -hmm. is a big plus. And, and again, here's, I mean, the benefit, this is going into, you know, 
what is it that makes us who we are this is one of the foundations of what is our wiring whether we like it or not so yeah let, let so we've so let's just review we, we meant we've had a lot of data so far so the challenges of perceiving time like this are poor time management over committing uh, being late for appointments um, and that procrastination concept paradigm we just talked about I feel like we're in a rare territory here because in, in preparing for this podcast, one of the things we have in our notes is there's actually a benefit to perceiving time. This is now part of the gift. I feel like some of the times when we've mentioned some of the outfalls of being a hunter type have kind of, I don't want to say negative, just the, it's like, look, this is a challenge. It's an issue. You have to work on it. But this is this is an interesting first time, I feel like, where we're, there's actually benefits. So don't forget there's a benefit to this, and then we'll talk about how to balance it all out. So I, I bring it past the baton back to you. What are the actually the benefits of being this way and perceiving time this way? Well, you, well, you just we mentioned it earlier, which is that it is kind of wired into the creative process. So when you're not bound by time, when you're not thinking linearly, you're outside the box. That makes us more outside of the box thinkers. And um, and the, and so, you know, and I was just thinking and I just Googled it as we were talking because um, I it, it floated in the background and I thought, no, this needs to be mentioned. So whether or not Steve Jobs was actually, you know, wired as an ADD temperament he definitely had a lot of the signs of of being in that and most entrepreneurs and people that really i i feel bring in new uh unique ideas into the culture if you start to analyze their life they have these tendencies and so with steve jobs they used to call it the they actually coined the term reality distortion field because he would he would go into something and he was so convinced of like this can happen we can do this without any concept of like, oh, well, how many people that, you know, we can't do. And they would continually come to him and say, we can't do this. It's not There's realistic. No, it's just not, not yeah. We don't have the time to do this. There's not enough people. And yet it would get done. And so it, in a, whether or not it was done in a balanced way. <laughs> <laughs> whether or not that product should have gotten released. Yeah, yeah exactly. we don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's other ways. But the point being that that is sort of the, that is the wiring and it does keep us outside the box and i'll tell you from my personal experience this particular tendency has i mean the book exists because of it because mm. had i known had i thought it through and sat down and actually linear like mapped out here's how long the book is going to take to write i would never have written it right i thought i was going into i thought okay maybe six months and it took three and a half years <laughs> almost four Wow. Uh, and, and I was, and so, but it kept me going and I can tell you that the trick that my mind plays on me that says, ah, it will, it won't take that long. You could just, just, you know, just, it kept, it keeps me going. And I can tell you from a lot of artists that I've spoken with that have worked on larger creative projects, you need that. You, we need that sense of if we're not it's it's just around the corner we can it's just within our grasp and that is tied in with this perception of time and i can tell you for me that that i think a lot of hunter types will embark on projects that other people won't because of almost this naive perception of how long it would take mm. and but it it happens like if you stay determined and you stay focused and even if you you miss uh you diagnose you you assessed 
poorly how long it will take. If you keep going, you will still accomplish it. So uh, I would say more than anything else, I think that is the great gift. And uh, especially with entrepreneurs and people who are artists who are just like, I can't live in like a corporate nine to five world. I have to do something else or I have, I have to at least balance it out with other things that this key piece of perceiving time differently and being able to then work on a project until it's complete and feeling that fulfillment because that's the goal of like getting to the goal, the, the hunt, what's at the end of the hunt. Uh, that drive is what makes when we are, you know, taking care of ourselves and we're balanced. If we're able to then use this to our advantage, I think it can take care of us. Now it's a superhero power. It now, exactly. now, if done right, you just nailed it. I was just thinking as you were saying it, you follow a book like Michael's or any process in rewiring this hunter type phenomenon that we are. And... Now you get into, I love what you said, hunter types will take on that project that a farmer type won't. And if you are exercising, you're doing the meditations, you're doing the journaling, you're doing the mind mapping, you've got your stuff for terms of a better word, you've got your stuff together, man. Now, if all that other stuff is there, and I have an example of this when we get into strategies actually, is... Then you've engaged on the project. You've signed the contract and pick whatever the example of the project is. It's for a composition. It's for a painting project. It's for a business project, whatever it may be. Now you can say, well, I have my tools. I'm going to go ahead and get into this time perception world because I'm just going to go float on this for X number of hours. But since you have your calendar reminding you of the other things and you and you know to take a break to go exercise and then That's come right. back and float. Whereas before, you were just floating. You were just yeah. floating. You weren't taking care of your health. You weren't eating the right things. So now you were just floating and you were literally floating away. There you go. <laughs> up, up, up and away. There goes the hunter type looking him up in the air. But now, now you've got a power. Now you've got yeah. something to slip. So I literally, as you were talking, I was picturing, oh, now, now as we rewire, now as we work on ourselves, we have this power to say, it's time to float. I'm going to go into the studio for a few hours. Da, 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 da. Let her go floating. Yeah. Creative type. The juices are flowing. Hey, my alarm just went off. It's time to go for a run. My alarm yeah. just went off. It's time to go eat my healthy meal. My alarm yeah. just went off. I have to go food shopping and meal plan for my hunter diet that is going to help me come back to the studio tomorrow That's without right. burning out. And there is the key. And I've witnessed this, by the way. I've witnessed this over the years. My latest time in a studio just a couple of years ago I witnessed this to perfection with a musician who I was in the studio with and he just had hired me for violin for two songs. But for those of you that know what it's like to have the studio experience, talk about floating, it may seem like two songs that you can knock that out in a couple hours. No, it's a couple of days. You got to tweak things. Then you, where does the violin come in? Let's, you know, put in some patches here and there. It was, it was two days of work. It was up in LA, but I'll never forget this experience with this particular artist and I watched him. I watched the way he came. I mean, there's no doubt, by the way, he's a hunter type. We've talked about it. I mean, just, but I watched him and, and, and it was, it was, it was poetry in motion. He'd come in, he had his lunch bag with him. And I'll never forget, like when the producer was, he had just laid down his vocals and his guitar and then when the producer was just kind of doing his engineering thing and doing some cuts and some mixing and some pre-mixing, 
He'd go to the refrigerator. He'd get out his kombucha. He'd have his salad. It was like his 10 a.m. snack, his like healthy salad. And I just watched him. I watched him for a couple of days that I was with him. And I was like, this is why he is where he is. This is mm-hmm. why he's got it together. Because I remember the last time I was in the studio a few years ago on my last album, definitely didn't have my hunter type act together. Yeah. I was, I was, I was burnt out by the first week. I had actually burnt out on the producer too, because I was like, just go, 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 go. Yeah. So I just want to say, I've seen this. I've seen this happen. I've seen this superpower be accomplished now. Yeah. And then f- back to the example of, of the singer that I was working with, but when he would go to work, he'd be in floating mode, man. He'd be on in that vocal booth for like, three hours telling the producer, let's try this. Let's try that. I want to patch me in there. And he was in total create. I mean, he'd come out of the booth sweating from the creative juices he had just outlined. But then when it was someone else's turn, when it was the drummer's turn to do his part, boom, back to the diet. And uh, there was a few times he's like, I'm going for a run. He didn't sit on the couch. He didn't sit on the couch and, you know, smoke a bowl or have his whiskey. (laughs) He went out for a run. Yeah. So that he could re up the juices to come back and be able to float. But I digress. Um, yeah. Let's get into it, Michael. Let's now get into we've we talked about the pros and the cons yeah. of having this perception. Let's get into strategies for compensation. Well, I think you mentioned that was just a good segue because really what we're talking about here is how do we master our our neurological type? How do we find mastery of it? So we can use all of the benefits and and minimize the the detriments and that's a great example so what we overall i think speaking of time perception um as you mentioned it's being able to float in and out of that it's not about becoming a farmer type so it's really important to note that um but in the real world there are things that you especially if you're a creative person and you want to make your living doing it or even part of your living doing it you have to have uh you need to be on time to appointments you know that's always unless you're so far outside of the realm of, like you've made billions of dollars and you do whatever you want most people have to show up on time right it don't happen <laughs> uh, but I'd say to start with, one of the simplest things that you can start doing is timing yourself in hmm. certain tasks. If you're, especially if you, uh, things that you know are challenges to you, become start to bring awareness to it. Again, we always come back to mindfulness. How long did something actually take? If you're, if you are, um, you know, go through the list of examples that came to you as we were dis- discussing. We were, you were thinking, oh, I did. This is my challenge. Well, okay. How long does, how long do these things take? If you wake up in the morning and you know you need, you need to get X, Y, and Z done before going to work. How long do those things actually take? Like, start to just bring your awareness to the time and maybe spend a day doing that. Just maybe if you hear this podcast and you go, this is me and I need to work on this, then use your phone or stopwatch and spend a day doing that. Just sit down and journal like how long things took to do certain tasks and to certain things. And then that will start to get your your brain in a sense of like show you how far your perception is off for one. And then that's the area you can just start building that muscle because I think part of it is it's so many things that we, we are challenged by are just tendencies and they can be, uh, slightly moved in, into the direction of being 
more on top of it. So this is one example of just start timing yourself, bringing your awareness to how long something will take. Yeah. And just on that note, you know, to take it back to one of the examples I brought of how this um, shows up in my life. Um, one of the things it, it's kind of, we've kind of made it a fun thing in, in our relationship. So I, I said, one of the ways this shows up is, Oh, we've been doing this for this long, or we've been, you know, our kid's been doing this thing for so long, or like toilet training with the kid. We've been at it for months. Uh, no, we've been at it a week. You know, whatever the topic may be, we've now kind of made it a fun thing around the house. Cause she actually said it. She's like, we need to start calendaring this stuff because I can't have you going off on a reaction of a misperceived yeah. time. You know what I mean? There you go. So we started doing that with this with this last round of, of toilet training of taking it to the next phase of of um you know we were training in the house and there's outside the house for the outside the house toilet training phase we put it on the calendar and it yeah. said start of phase two it literally is there now and I haven't once said oh my god we've been at this so long and da 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 we're we're behind the eight ball. Because yeah, yeah. I go to that calendar before I open my big mouth, which I tend yeah. to do. <laughs> and uh, there it is. It speaks for itself. And these are some ways you can kind of, you know, trick yourself in a good way so that yeah. you don't react. Because I think that's the other thing we've kind of mentioned. It's you don't want to react to that misperceived fluid perception of time because yeah. the reaction then is going to be false, too, because it's not based on truth. That's it. That's it. So again, just awareness, just bringing your awareness to what is, how long does that actually take? Um, the, the next piece, I, and I think this one's, you know, there's so many people that have come through it with coaching that are late for appointments. And that's one that I definitely had in the past, especially mm -hmm. like my early to mid twenties. It was something I really had to work on, uh, but was able to overcome it. I'm on time, you know, I, I'm almost never late for an appointment. Usually I'm a little early, but I really had to work on it. And, but it just, it locked in at one point. So couple strategies on that. Uh, if you're constantly late for appointments, um, I would say one, oddly enough, like look at your overall health routine because that does affect it. If you're kind of moving around in a fog, you're going to, one of the tendencies will be to, to be late. So all of this comes back to, health, diet, exercise, it just all comes back to that. But um, the simple trick, and most people know this, is aim to be early to an appointment. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it used to be without phones. Now the phones sync up and the time, you don't you set the, t the, the time on your phone because it syncs up automatically. But, you know, the old trick is to set your clock ahead 10 minutes. Yep. And just doing that just resyncs you and you're like, okay, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Okay. You get there and you're like, oh, I'm actually early because my clock was fast. It's a little harder to do that now, but that, well, you can, I, my trick is I set my alarm earlier. I mean, if yeah. the appointment is whatever, whatever the appointment may be, you know, if it's at 11, I know in reality, in real time that I would need to leave at 1030, uh, to make it to 11, I set the alarm to, for 10. You know, I just do yeah. that because it just kind of, if you're in a floating state, maybe you're working on something else. It just kind of wakes you up and says, oh, you know, I need to, because there's that whole thing we have too is like, maybe what you're going to at 11 requires some prep. It's not just the driving. Maybe you have to put stuff in your car. Maybe you have to pack something up, right? Maybe you yeah. have to remember to put a bunch of stuff on CD. And what we tend to do is again, because it seems so far away, 
Yeah. We find ourselves at 1030 scrambling to do that thing. And then now we're not in the car till 1050. Now we're going to be late. That's we right. have to text the person we're going to be late. Yada, yada, yada. You know how that story goes. Yeah. Uh, right. Trick yourself. Fool yourself in a good way. Uh, and, and, and I think what you're pointing to, Michael, is th- this is a temporary trick because then it'll eventually, along with the other exercises yeah. of getting yourself rewired, then it'll just become habit. It'll become second nature to you. Exactly. And, you know, I, I would say that for me, what was the mo- the motivator for this was personal, res- like getting respect. That's mm. what fi- like because a lot of this floats like you have, you know, everyone has issues with this or that. But until they become to the point where you're like, I have to change this. Mm-hmm. And this is one that if you have this, you can change this. And part of it is just following, I think, a lot of the suggestions that we've had on this podcast and other podcasts in terms of your health is really important because it will help. Uh, but the other th- the, the piece that got me was I want to be respected. I want to mm. be able to have more control over my life and I want to be able to work for myself. And if I'm working for myself, I want to maintain good relationships with clients and therefore I'm on time. Period. That's, that's big. Wow. What a real, that's, we brought this up before too, you know, in a loving way, we know when we were untransformed as a hunter type, we had friends and family who obviously love us for who we are, no judgment, but they always, we always knew in the back of our minds, didn't we? That they kind of saw us as kind of like, ah, he's a slacker. I don't know if we'll show up. We know that we knew that we're smart Yeah. and it is really satisfying to turn that perception around, isn't it? And, yes. and, and, and it, it, going off what you said, Michael, you know, to our audience, people listening right now, think of that as your motivation for, for the rewiring. Think about the satisfaction you're going to get when that image has been transformed. That's the payoff. The payoff yeah. is not only you and how you feel, but, but I love what you said. It's how you feel. It's not just how, how they, people, feel about you. It's how you're going to feel about yourself. But it's cyclical. Once you start changing that image around and you start getting that respect, and, we're, and I'm not trying to stroke the ego too much, but look, this is part of it. Because let's face it, part of, of having any wiring that's um, not of the path, that, that doesn't serve us as well as it could you know, it does affect our ego. Of course, it affects our self-esteem. We've we talked yeah. about self-esteem for long because we're like, God, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Da, 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 da. Yeah. As you slowly start to turn things around, think of that as th- that as the payoff. And there's other payoffs too, if I can say for for strategy for compensation. Yeah. I have to say, this is as we said, all hundred types are a little different in different ways. The one thing, thankfully, I never had a problem with was showing up on time to anything. I have, I've just always, I mean, I definitely am a floater and I have problems with time perception, but not when it comes to being on time. I'm like overly, overly compensating, have been my whole life, especially in the world of being a musician. Musicians are known for, especially when you're first starting out, like, you know, venue owners are just used to the, you know, musicians showing up late, sound checks late, oh, the show's not going to start on time. I have to say from day one, especially when my band started doing more corporate gigs and started doing these, um, these gigs, these weekly gigs at these, you know, high class, you know, expensive resort type gigs where, you know, the band had to also dress up and we had to look a certain part and be a certain way. You know, I had already instilled a practice in, in, in being early. I, I never enjoyed being late and I'll tell you why. So for those of you that, that this is an issue for, I want to give you the other side. There is a payoff for the rewiring. There's a payoff for 
working with this compensation of fluid time perception. And that payoff for me always was showing up early to the gig, setting up the sound, sound check, making sure my violin sounds the way I want it to, making sure my voice sounds the way I want it to, getting the band, making the... And then when you're done all the preparation, I look down on the clock and I still have 45 minutes. What do I That's do right. with that 45 minutes? You know what I do? I sit down for a drink with our fans who have shown up there. I'm able to go talk to the owner, see how his week was. Now I have time to like, you know, build a bond with him. Now I can just go take a breath of fresh air before I start. Whereas I've seen this with other artist types. They get to the gig all frazzled. Oh my God, sound check. Oh, sound check. It's good enough. It's, it's good enough. Uh, we're, we're in a hurry. We got to start in 10 minutes. Then they don't sound good. Yeah. Then they don't feel good. And what yeah. a what a waste of time, my friends. Yeah, look at what all that they worked of... for yes. to get there and yes. it's all being thrashed by this by showing up late. And that just that awful feeling of achta you have when you put yourself in this position of just stress and oh da, da. Yeah. think of the payoff. Think of the other side if if that helps as a motivation in, in this right. part of the rewiring. So that's my two cents yeah, on that. You know, and I want to add to that. I sure. think that if if people are listening and especially those who are having a, a challenge with self esteem, there's a lot going on, you feel really low, do this. Like just be be on time. Just, just take that one thing and go, I'm going to master that mm -hmm. because it really does. I mean, this little thing, you know, even as we're talking and I'm reflecting on it, man, if I didn't get that under control, I don't know where my life would have You been. wouldn't be your own. You wouldn't have your own business. I couldn't. No, no way. way. I would no. probably be working at, you know, at the music store. And, I mean, you know, we're, we're started, <laughs> you know, back in then. So uh, I mean, in, in our friendship, I've believe me, I've seen over the years for those of you out there, you would, you would never guess Michael is a hunter type with all the things you manage. It, it's not, I'm not stroking egos. I'm being straight up honest is you have you juggle a lot from a Monday through a Friday, man. There's a lot going on. There's no way if you didn't have this under control, you would be thriving with with a couple different businesses and all the obligations that come from being an author and a book and places to be and emails to. There's no way it, it just it yeah. would have stopped. And, cold. and, it, and to, to note that, though, it is still a struggle. There's still it's I not mean, easy. I, I, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. It very clear Absolutely. that it is definitely. Uh, but I will say this, though, the appointment thing, not a struggle. I don't think that that's a struggle. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But other things are, but I, you know, just for, for full disclosure. Of course. Yeah, there's of definitely course. things that are. No, are we, we've mentioned this since day one. Being a hunter yeah. type, even in the transformational path, even in the rewiring, it's never easy. There's still an effort. But yeah. the effort just, get, instead of 100% effort, maybe it's down to that maintenance level of 80 20. And that's, yeah. that's fine. And that's good. No, nothing's easy. Life's not easy. Um, but yeah, that's it. I, I don't have any other thoughts. Any other thoughts you have in wrapping up? Anything to, to kind of uh, put a bow on this? Yeah, I, I'd say the two things would be, you know, to, to, to look at your time management systems, go back and listen to our time management podcast. I think we might have done two on time management. Mm -hmm. uh, go through those. If your time management system is not in place, if you ever call me as a life coach, that's one of the first things I'm going to go is that I'm going to ask you, are you using a standard calendar that, that you put all your events on? All your, do you have a, do you have an action item list? How are you taking notes? That is like start. Cause if you don't have that in place, doing all this other stuff and making any other changes in your life aren't going to happen in the way you want. So improve your time management, build your systems. If you haven't done it, uh, it will, it will affect your whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, is I would say health, 
tide management is really close to being second on that. And then the other thing is, you know, finding with all of this, finding perceptions with your perception of time, getting in structures, building structures in your life that really work for you, setting things up, getting into to good habits with yourself, reinforcing it with if you need to have someone else to schedule appointments with, if you need to schedule exercise with someone else because you're you procrastinate, you don't do it or you're late or blah, blah, then do it. Like find those systems in your life that support you one being on time and two compensating for this tendency so that you can then use that creative time and all of the benefits that come from having a fluid perception of time you can maximize those in those in those times and in those areas of your life that, that are creative that have to do with building your your life your business your relationships so that you can have a more satisfying fulfilled life these are these are this is not a uh, a disorder. I mean, we keep coming back to that mm -hmm. as sort of the overarching theme of this podcast. This is not a disorder. This is a neurological type, and it's up to you to rewire yourself through all, a lot of the tips that we give and just doing your own research so that you can maximize your potential. And for those of you, just to reiterate, that never saw this, this is a superpower. This can be a superpower if it's done right. This fluid perception of time, can't you can use it for your benefit if you put in the work, if you do everything else that requires to be on the transformational type, uh, transformational path as a hunter type. Michael, my friend, awesome topic. Thank you for the input. Really good stuff today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great feedback. I, I really enjoyed uh, so many of your examples. They were just spot on. DrummerInTheGreatMountain.com is where you can see us. Our social media links are on there. We always love to engage with you on there. For those of you new to the podcast community here, Nothing goes behind a paywall. Every episode is available, so please check it out. Keep in mind the first good handful of episodes actually go over the book, so remember its intentions are to go along with the Drummer in the Great Mountain book. Speaking of the book, please, reviews are very, very helpful. Engage with us on sites like Goodreads for the book, iTunes for the podcast, and um, we always, for the, again, for those of you kind of new to us, we absolutely love hearing from you. Let us know how it's going. How's it going for you? Where are you in the book? What have you learned? What are you struggling with? These things are what feed the topics on this show. We kid you not. Every topic since we completed like covering the book chapter by chapter form has come in some way from your ideas. You're just sharing what you're going through. It's fed our topics here and uh, and it's also fed who we bring on as guests and we'll have some some of those guests coming up again soon. So again, drummerinthegreatmountain.com is where it all starts. Give us that feedback. Share your stories with us. And as we always say here on the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.